0: Moving on with uh, exploring the lesser known parts of the Haggadah. So we're up to uh, Vihisha Amda. So Vihisha Amda is actually, I wouldn't call such a lesser known part of the Haggadah. That's Taka, that is the part that people talk about. But the, the very basic question about Vihisha Amda is really is hard to answer, and that is what does it even mean? We say Vihisha Amda lavesenu vulanu vihi it. And what are we referring to vihi? Vihi it has stood for us. Uh every generation they want to kill uh, kill us, What is it referring to? So the simple chat is that it's referring back to what we had just mentioned in the Haggadah, which was the Brisbane Bisaram, the covenant that Aqadish Baruch Hu made with Avram Avinu that he's going to take us out of Mitzrayim. But that's only a guarantee that Hashem was going to take us out of Mitzrayim. Why would that be a guarantee? We're in that guarantee. Does it state that Hashem will save us every generation? All it says is that Hashem, all Hashem promises, that He's going to go down Mitzrayim and He's going to take us out of Mitzrayim. So the very simple understanding of this mimer me- that we say, we and we sing, what does it, what does it really mean? What's the pushup shot? And the second question is, oh, why do we hold the kais? You know, we don't hold the kais, the whole Haggadah. It's the only select part of the Haggadah that we hold the kais. Why is it that we hold the kais specifically here, by Bihisha Amna? Really, the kais only is held typically for a bracha. So we find in Tanakh um, a, a fascinating discussion between Gideon. Gideon was one of the Shaiftim, and he was, was under was severely oppressed by Midian, and they are in great distress. And Hashem was going to choose him to be the leader of Klai Israel. He was somewhat of an outcast for whatever reason. And he was going to lead Klai Israel and lead Klai Yisrael in, out of this distress because they had done tshuva. Now, a Malach told came to Gideon, an angel, and told him that Hashem Hashem is with you. So Gideon replied to the angel that if Hashem is with us, why are all these bad things happening to us? Where are all the miracles that happen in Mitzrayim? And now Hashem abandoned us. That's, that's what Gideon had told the Malach. So the Malach, then it says actually Hashem spoke directly to Gideon, a Nebua, and he says, go with this strength. words, what you just said is going to be the reason why you've caused the, you've made a, a compelling argument why Hashem has to save Kal Yisrael from Midyam. So Rashi explains that Gideon said like this, Gideon said it was Pesach, and it's actually one of the things we mention in the piyutim after Chassal Seder Pesach, we mention this this little sa'irim. this was the exchange between Gideon and uh, Malach which happened on Pesach, so he says last night, it was the night of Pesach and my father said, halal in front of me and if Hashem saved our forefathers in Mitzrayim, why doesn't he save us? If they were tzaddikim, we should be saved in their merit if they weren't tzaddikim, well then the same way they got saved when they were not tzaddikim we should also get saved, and Hashem replied that's a compelling argument case dismissed, you're, you, you win and we're going to therefore and, and you're going to triumph over Midian So we see a fascinating thing, which is really what Behi means, that Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim was an eternal event. What did Gideon say? Gideon said that there was Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim, if you save them, why aren't you saving us? And Hashem said, that's it. That's the argument. That's the argument that wins, which means that when Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, we say this in tefillah, He took us out l'cherus o'lam. Hashem promised us to take us out of Mitzrayim. He didn't promise us that He's just going to take us out once and then He'll leave us. He took us out l'cherus o'lam. He promised us that we will always be free. He will continuously ensure that we stay free. And there's actually a halachic ramification of this. Uh, If you may be familiar, that if someone sells himself as an evan Ivri, um, and then he wants to continue being a slave, he he gets a hole in his ear. Because you're not allowed to sell yourself as a slave because Hashem freed us. And he didn't just free us then, he freed us forever. There's even a halacha that applies nowadays, that when you sign a contract, you shouldn't sign a contract for more than three years. That depends you know, Halakha Lamaise, we can talk. But there is such a Halakha Shulchan Aruch, you should not sign a contract that obligates you for, to work for more than three years, because then it's it's uh, it's it's close to being uh, forced servitude, uh, forced labor, and avdus, and we're free. You can't, you, you, you're not allowed to accept avdus upon yourself anymore. You can't make yourself into a slave anymore. So when Hashem freed us from Mitzrayim, it was an eternal event. Chayru Hashem freed us forever. And when Hashem promised Abraham Avinu that he's going to take us out of Mitzrayim, he said, He's taking us out of slavery forever. We'll never be slaves again. And this is what Gideon was saying, that this is what you promised us in time. So why are we slaves to Midian? And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him. Leich v'kech chazet. That's a compelling argument. There's no, there's nothing to be said for that argument. And for, for that, you're going to triumph over Midian. And that's what we're saying. V'hi she'am n'la v'isenu. The bris ben Abbasarim is an eternal promise. It's not just for once. It's for this galus and for every Gaulus. And every time someone tries to destroy us, every sometime, time someone tries to enslave us, we have that promise. And that's why we hold the kais, because that's really the bracha. Every time we hold the kais, it's because it's an extension of the bracha that we're going to be making in the end. The bracha at the end of the Haggadah is that you, you uh, redeemed us? So, everything that relates to that, and we say, we hold the Kais. Whenever we're, 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 we're starting the process of talking about what we're going to say in the Bracha, that's what we hold the Kais. So, Behisha Amda is really the cornerstone of what Yitzhak is all about. It's not just Hashem took us out then. Hashem took us out then forever. It's a forever event. It's Kheir So, that's one um, idea. I wanted to uh, to share. Um, then another uh, another idea when we move on to the next piece of the Haggadah, Rami Yavud Avi. So we say that <clears throat> that say uh, Look what Laban Rami wanted to do. Aram, Laban Rami wanted to destroy Yaakov Avinu, and he was worse than Pare. Parai only destroyed the Zecharem, and he wanted to kill everybody. And that's how we begin the next stage of the Haggadah, where we go through those psukim uh, piece by piece and we explain every word. But everybody asks that it's a little strange when the Haggadah really is all about It's Matraim that all of a sudden we make love on the big villain, like, you know, Pare Paris is the center villain of the story here. It's like you take the Megillah and you say, you know, Haman is not the, ter- the terrible person Chavoyne uh, is, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, we're not, we're talking about. Here it's see try right, it's Pari how huh, very nice, but you know, why are you saying loveon is even worse than Pare? and some Cypher says, and this is just a beautiful part, and it's very important that he says that that it's true that in see from was the worst, but the love the villain that Lavon represents is a villain that we have to deal with now much more, and that's the villain of assimilation where that that. Yaakov survived in Lovan's house. He says, Aram Eiv, doesn't mean he wanted to kill everybody. It means he wanted to subvert everybody. He wanted Banai, He wanted that everybody, everybody should be him. Everybody should be subjugated by him, and they should all follow his ways and, and, and accept his way of doing things. And Yaakov Avinu's biggest test, and at the most we know about Yaakov Avinu, the most detail we have in Yaakov Avinu's life, and he lived a long life. The most we know about him is what he did in Lavin's house. That's the most important, that the Torah relates to us, because that's the most relevant for us, how to live our lives in Gullis. So it's, it's an important message, Chassam Seifer says. Yes, for Yitzit Mitzrayim, maybe not so much. But for where we are now, Aramei Abidavi might be the most important lesson that Yaakov Avinu managed to survive 22 years in Lovin's house without learning from the way he did. And uh, there's just one Vart from the Briska Rav. He used to quote this from a German Rav. He said it's a nice, not pasheb shot, but it's a nice shot. He says that Yaakov told to Asa, famous Pasikim, Lovangarati, the Tarek Mitzvah Shemarati, I lived with Lavan, and Rashi explains I kept Tariq Mitzis. So the, the the German Rav says that Yaakov then goes on to explain how did he do that. The next Pasik says, By Healy Sharva I Literally, that means I, and I. I gained many uh, oxen and donkeys. You know that was what he he uh, is wealth. But he says in uh, as a rem as a hint is vahili I looked at at Laban like a shor and a chamar. I didn't look at him as a human. The way he acted, I didn't I didn't consider that human uh, way of acting. The way he was dishonest and he was deceitful and he lied. I looked at him like a shar and a Khamar. And that's why I didn't learn from him. And that's the important lesson, that when the people act in terrible ways and d- dishonest and deceitful and, and uh, depraved, the, the trick, so to speak, how not to learn from them is to just not view them as acting like human beings. They're, 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 they're emulating beasts. They're not emulating u- human beings. And that's a way a person can hold himself, elevate himself above the depravity that we are, we're forced to live around. That's the, the lesson of Arami yair Have a good night and uh, a wonderful Shabbos.